Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike, and today I get to sit with a genuine CTO, which is really cool to me because, uh, as you guys have known, we've been kind of moving over towards the uh, SaaS world uh, with regards to who we interview. And we still get our we still get our other guests, and we will still have them. But I think this is an underserved uh, community that really needs to be heard. Uh, they they go through just as much as anybody else. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are our CTOs, and golly, the things that they're pressured with. <laughs> they are the innovation heroes because everybody else comes to them and goes, all right, we want to do this. So how do we do it? And the CTO is the one that has to go out and figure it out, put the teams together, put the, you know, get all of the, the it's, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy to see what they do. So Asma, thank you for joining us here on Java Chat. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Michael, for having me over here. Absolutely. As always, we we like to introduce our guests by having them chat a little bit about themselves, talk about where, you know, where you're from, where, how'd you, how'd you get to where you're at? Sorry. Ah, the phone. This is, this is one of those things that CTOs can never get away from. <laughs> and, and that's, and it's totally fine. This is, this is, this is life, right? This is what we do. Um, where did, where were you from originally? How did you get to getting into technology? I mean, was it a path? Was it a passion? Was it you know? Talk talk to us. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so that's uh, a very good question, actually. I mean, you don't talk much about your <laughs> journey, right? You always get into a exactly. situation where you're helping a customer or advising uh, a particular, you know, <laughs> team yep. member on how yep. to do things. So, yep. so Michael, my journey started about 28 years ago, right? So I'm, I, I come from India originally. So Southern part of India, there's a place called Chennai, which is one of the four metropolis for India. Yeah. And, um, so, I very much, uh, have, uh, strong roots growing up and doing schooling, family, everybody there. So, but about 28 years ago, my, um, my passion was to come to America, you know, and uh, make things happen. And technology was something I was very fascinated about from day one. And um, I did my uh, computer science bachelor's degree at Northern Illinois University here in DeKalb, Illinois. Oh, cool. Nice. Okay. And uh, graduating, um, I had about four big opportunities uh, coming out of college. And back in those days, computer science students were not dime a dozen like how you have today, right? So we would have had tough choices to pick. So my first uh, opportunity took me out to the Bay Area. So which is the Silicon Valley. You got to, you got Valley, to play in right? Silicon Valley, nice. Exactly. So, and, uh, so I started my radio, a rodeo then. Um, so that was that. And now it's over 25 years of working in the industry. And uh, I don't even know how time flew. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what that first job was in San Fran? Who you My first with? job was very, um, I was a sponge, right? More oh, of sure. Oh, like sure. Trying to, um, you know, looking at work culture, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, corporate culture is very different. Back oh, then yeah. it was very different. Now it's much more, 
we have to be uh, correct in so many aspects. <laughs> Back then it was like unhinged, right? Oh yeah. You would be pretty much going and experimenting and doing things which um, you're going to be more passionate about, right? At that Pro time. Project management back then was a lot more widely open. It wasn't so, I mean, we didn't have all the different things that we do now. I mean, PM back then was PM. Now you have every different system, the agile system, the other system. That's like, it, oh exactly. my gosh. Exactly. It was straight out waterfall. That's it. <laughs> we, that was we, all it was. <laughs> it was. And we didn't have project managers back then. Yeah. No, you just, you just did it as a team and everybody just kind of took their place and did their thing. That was those were the frontier days. So you got to play in the frontier days and now you move out just a few so, years after you started. I'm sure things started to change because 28 years ago isn't really that far. Uh, um, time just flew. I yeah. Say. But, but <laughs> yeah, <it did laughs> what we did back then, so back then it was like, hey, there was Unix mainframe. Yeah. Uh, Y2P was like, 20, you know, 2000 stuff won't work, dams won't, you know, uh, shut down. Those kind of things were all the technology trends back then. Yeah. Now it was all about digital, cloud, advanced analytics, AI, ML, uh, you know, user experience. All that is the trending technologies of today. But we yep. never thought about it 25 years ago because sure. we were, still, you know, uh, tinkering along with the code, right? Trying to figure out things and making sure software is working and all that stuff. <laughs> Just so everybody understands some context around this, uh, Asmuth and I are both, you're probably a Gen X like me. We come from a generation where back in the day, like 25, 28 years ago, over half the stuff that you guys have today, like you said, we weren't even thinking about it. Tinkering was exactly what we did. It didn't matter whether it was with an engine or code. We were just trying to figure shit out just to try to figure shit out. <laughs> we were just trying to see where it would go if we could get it to do something. And some of the greatest innovations actually came out of tinkering, if you will, uh, and a lot of them out of Silicon Valley, which you which you were there for a while. Um, what were some of the things that you saw during your time there that like started making impacts along the way when it came to what you were doing in uh, IT? So, I mean, I think uh, the the culture of work from home wasn't there at that time. Oh right? no, not at all. Yeah, it was exactly. all that has changed completely. Other thing is more employee empowerment. Back in those days, in the Silicon Valley used to be ahead, right? You oh, yeah. used to go to the gym, come back. There were free lunches back then, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys were lucky. I still had to go out and I just made my brown bag and I was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not to mention a lot of companies are doing that. I mean, my days with Beam Suntory and all that stuff, working with... Uh, you know, large, uh, you know, uh, brewing companies and all that, they have different things now, right? Oh, of yeah. course, but sure, you can't sure. be always at the bar and working, right. you have to be at your desk. So <laughs> uh, things have definitely changed. But what I think uh, uh, the other big uh, impact that was made in the market was the internet that is widely available for everyone. So back in those days, it was all about books stashed up, right? You want to go write code, you would pretty much uh, go to a bookstore, Barnes & Noble, pick up a book, read about the coding aspects of Java in 24 hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, things like I remember that. that book, actually. I never read it, but I remember seeing that title. I remember yeah. that. And back in those days, you just basically uh, learn and tinker around until you uh, make things happen. It was no other choice. Now, everything is available for you. So internet is readily available. We have forums, we have blogs, 
Uh, we have code snippets available. So the data engineers of today, technologists of today have so much accessibility out there in the wide uh, worldwide web that wasn't there 25 years ago, right? Do you, do you remember when Facebook came out with their own code called FBML? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, have a, I have a friend who's, who is now, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He actually was in college when I met him. He took Christmas vacation to go read the whole book on FBML and then started doing customized landing, uh, uh, business pages for people on Facebook. And I, I was like, wait, I've seen that book. It's like super thick. You read the whole thing in, in over Christmas, two weeks. He goes, yep. I'm like, dude, you either got ADHD and hyper-focus or you just really know how to hunker down. I figured it was something that was an opportunity. I mean, now he's an investor, entrepreneur, et cetera. But that's a, you, that just speaks to what you just said. Everything back then was you read it, you messed mm -hmm. around with it until it worked or not. And Correct. you went on different directions. And now they have all of the, all of the suites and coding, well, a good portion of the suites and coding actually done for you. There's programs that do it for you now. And you're looking at it going, man, life has gotten so much easier than what it used to be. I mean, I learned computer programming when I was in high school. Um, when you and I were both still around the uh, <clears throat> 2C mm -hmm. and the TRS 80s. <laughs> so Michael, back then it was like, it was, um, there was no choice, right? If you're doing computer science, you have to do application data processing or yep. you, uh, you know, assembly language, all that was part oh of it. Now that <laughs> like, I uh, have one in my own family who's graduating this year and- um, Congratulations. And, and uh, she doesn't like coding, but she loves to code. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a very different, uh, you know, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of this has become more commoditized right now. Oh, yeah. Back in those days, we did not have uh, uh, offshore concept. We didn't do right. severe offshoring. Right. Like that, like the ones we're doing now. So everything pushed out to either India, Vietnam, Latin America, and you know, all yeah. like Costa Rica, Mexico, or whatever. But that wasn't the case then. So it was like we were very fortunate that we were the elite. <laughs> who, yeah. I mean, there were people before us, right? There were people sure. like Steve Jobs and everybody else yep. who invented <clears throat> companies. But uh, we were the product of what they did. And then now things have completely changed. And uh, uh, coming back into dialing back into 2022, uh, my focus is to lead from a CTO advisory standpoint, uh, my clients, uh, and also groom the next generation of leaders that yeah. I work with, uh, either in uh, if they are a data engineer or they are uh, a project manager, doesn't matter, right? I think we need to groom the next generation of leaders, and that's my uh, number one focus. And I think I've been very fortunate to have been associated with several folks who worked with me uh, uh, throughout my 25 years journey who I've been in touch with. And some of them are great leaders by themselves, right? And, uh, and, uh, and I've, some of them I've made a lot of impact on in their career. So sure. that's one of the things that I, I, I feel like it's a, uh, an accomplishment at the same token, advising the customer and making sure the customer does the, you know, being a proven trusted uh, information technology leader and being part of this Forbes technology council and a few other advisory boards, like, uh, you know, the dev network that I oh, just yeah. got. Uh, These yeah. things don't come overnight, by the way, guys. This, I mean, this is a, again, you heard 28 years ago. 
So we're talking about a young guy, hungry, sponging all the information he can, tinkering, trying to figure out stuff. And then all of a sudden, now he's today, he's a CTO 28 years later. There was a there was an evolution in all of that. And of course, back in those days, there were no CTOs either. That wasn't a that wasn't a thing yet. I mean, IT manager, I think, was the only thing that was the, the biggest thing back then. Um, and that was 25 years ago, not when you started. So what was the progression that you saw from let, let's say you just finished with uh, your first one? Where did you start picking up leadership and where did that start becoming a part of your path? Fantastic question. I think my progression came when I I took up an opportunity as a managing consultant at Accenture. About, oh boy, you worked at Accenture. Nice. Okay. And, um, and a lot of what I have become today is because of the things that I did at Accenture and I learned with and the leaders that I was surrounded with. And that's one person that all, all the credit goes to is uh, my career counselor back then, Stuart Gilchrist. Nice. And, uh, and I'm still in touch with him. I in fact, I uh, spoke to him about a month ago. He's doing wonders after retirement at Accenture. <laughs> so still a great guy. And those are the things, you know, when you have one or two of these mentors along the way and you emulate off of them and you pick the right things and you're passionate again, right? About yep. what yep. you want to do. So Accenture yep. had that. And then along comes after seven years into Accenture, then I've moved into Computer Science Corporation and uh, I was there for a long haul. I worked with uh, uh, senior leaders there, um, and, uh, after that I moved into like folks like Jim Petrasi and all that stuff in our Chicago division. So great. Jim is today as a CTO at, uh, himself at the Blue Cross Blue Shield, Illinois. Sweet. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so, so when we're, when we're talking about you moved into, to management and leadership, what opened up as the opportunity for CTO? What was the, what was the big decision there? I mean, it was just a organic, uh, you know, uh, evolution that had to happen. Um, so after my Accenture, after my CSC days, uh, I worked with, I was working under a CIO at GoGo, uh, you know, implementing a large scale data warehouse for them. And this is when nice. okay. activity was hot. It was yeah. a startup. They were going to go public very soon. And that kind of changed a little bit aspects like, okay, this is what it is to be a CIO. And this is what it is to run an organization where you have marketing campaigns, uh, you know, uh, your data engineering, you have reporting, all this makes what the, you know, a startup happen. Right? Yeah. And that changed. And then that on, I was like taken in senior leadership roles at Dell and uh, everywhere else. Now at Dell, there was another individual who is a thought leader in the industry, John Thompson, oh, sure. who, who has written several books and all that. Yep. And he had made an impact on me as well. I was working very closely with him. I reported under him. Um, and, uh, and, and the two years that I was with before we sold, uh, you know, the company software group sold to uh, Tipco, uh, a lot of things that you pick up along the way, right? The, the skills about how to running a business, skills about uh, being a storyteller. CTO is not easy, right? Uh -huh. Being a digital officer, technology officer, or information officer, one the same. It is all about storytelling. How do you tell your customer, this is your challenges, paint the right picture, and advise them to make the right technology shift and changes. This is, this is very um, insightful because I don't think people realize just because you have the letter C in front of whatever you are, that you can sit in the background all the time. In fact, like even with me, my, my business partner, who I call my CTO, same story. 
It's about telling a story. It's about being able to relate to the customer in a manner that they can understand the technology that that can be deployed in order to help their business. This is a this is a some days back that wasn't necessarily true. I mean, before CIO even came out, and then it's it, the, the progression has become more and more inclusive of other elements of the business. It's no longer just, well, the CEO is a sales guy, the COO runs the ops, the CTO just does the tech. Nope. Everybody has to know the story. Everybody has to be able to put that out there so that the customer understands that board, that executive team, and that day-to-day -day team all have the same story. So something straight here, I, I probably have a solution. Does that, does that sound about right? Absolutely. And then there are several C's again uh, that have propped up in the industry. There's a chief product officer, <laughs> All right. Uh, we never had something called CMO back then. I know. So we got chief marketing officer and there's this chief revenue officer, chief growth officer. I know. And all these are like a chief innovation officer, right? And, and then IT also has changed over the time. IT because it has become commoditized because it's more of a uh, OPEX, not a CAPEX, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it comes under the revenue officer, it comes under financial officer, it comes under marketing officer. So these guys basically uh, have even more challenges in running the organization, approving the budgets, working with the CTOs, the CIO community, and making sure, you know, um, everything is running seamlessly. So do you think that that's, do you think that that was a positive progression? In the, in, the, in the fact of a company's evolution and growth. I mean, I, I, I've heard the chief growth officer thing, but chief innovation officer, that's definitely a tough one. Uh, chief marketing officer, which was not a big thing only 10 years ago, it started mm -hmm. finally getting noticed. And they were usually the first ones that were looked at when it came time to chop. Now <laughs> that's that's no longer true now. It's now the other it's, way now. Yeah. The first ones to get chopped are the technology folks. <laughs> No. So that kind of sparks the other question, like, are we um, pausing the innovation because we give too much power in the hands of non-technology folks in the organization, right? And I, I, I'm a very big believer that uh, I understand, you know, there are certain things operationally the company needs to invest on. Technology sure. definitely okay. defines, gives you an edge, right? Uh, whether you are adopting to a cloud services, taking Snowflake as your secret sauce, doing things, all that is fine. But if you, if if there is a, if the rubber hits the road, uh, we have seen many many uh, things happen in the industry, including Peloton, where they had let go oh, yeah. so many people recently. Uh, you know, the decisions are going to be tough, but the innovation has to always be there. And I think the innovation comes from the technology team and the technology teams need that wing to fly, you know? Yeah, yeah. They need the space to breathe. They need the room to move. They got to they gotta be given some elbow room. Um, when we come back, um, we're going to take a short 30 seconds, guys. Be right back. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Aspen's uh, mentors and some of the things that he picked up along the way as far as his inspirations and on his journey. Because, again, you just heard how the industry changed numerous times over the course of just the actually this is just over the last what eight nine years all of this has been like full bore freight train running you have newer titles now i mean we didn't have chief digital officer back then we had cio yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. CIO has changed into three different titles: CTO, CDO, uh, you know, CDAOs, meaning Chief Data Analytics Officer. Oh my There's gosh! Chief oh Data. Oh my gosh! Officer. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, when when we come back, we'll talk more about the we'll talk more about the fun stuff. We'll be back in about thirty seconds. All right. Sounds good. And we're back here at Java Chat with Asman Fasha, uh, CTO. Uh, it's we would we were talking about a lot of the changes and things over the the beginning portions of his journey. Uh, he actually mentioned a couple of his mentors and, and we kind of want to go back and digging into some of those things because everyone's journey, you run into somebody, could be that one person, could be a few people, uh, or maybe it's that one book or a series of books that finally got you looking at things going, oh, I can do that, that's cool. So this is kind of more of what we're talking about with Asmuth at this point. He, he mentioned like he, he's still in touch with his counselor. Um, that was a career, career counselor, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, what's, what was that like? I mean, you're, you're, you're obviously, you're in college, you're looking at everything and it's, you're on a path obviously, but I mean, you have, you have this counselor here that's kind of trying to help you figure out what you're going to do. Is this, was, was that, was it a long-term play where you were constantly talking with them or was it just one of those things where it's just kind of like, hmm, yeah, this is what it's going to be. Um, I mean, um, this was, uh, well into my, uh, uh, eight years into the, you know, in the technology field. So this sure. was about 2005 when I got into Accenture. But the, uh, the connection that I built with my counselor was over the last 17 years now. Nice. nice. <laughs> so, awesome. and uh, uh, definitely we have a lot of gray hairs and stories to tell, right? And um, a great, great individual uh, and... Uh, in fact, when I caught up with him a month ago, uh, it was uh, it was like we, it was like yesterday, right? Yeah. Working yeah. together on engagements, kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, the 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 key things are the ethos, right? What is that ethos that uh, you picked? You made it your own, and you are able to do that and in a much more improvised manner, right? So. I will give you the ethos that I have today and I live by these principles. And based on that, this is what I do when I coach. Uh, I'm, I'm in several forums. I'm actually, I was uh, a panelist with the DevFest uh, event that happened in 2021 December with okay. a large thousand plus people. Sure. Uh, and this is more women in technology. Then I was also, I ran a few hackathons in my days at Capgemini, right? So bringing in and empowering people across the globe and trying to use a particular technology and uh, getting that more, um, you know, splash going that, on. That had, that had, a, that had been fun. That, that had was been fun. <laughs> you so some the, interesting characters coming to some of those things. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they'll be asking, hey, what is the award for getting a great product done? I'm like, okay, our award is, um, yeah, you know, we'll get you a certificate. <laughs> And it, it goes towards your appraisal. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, so the ethos is basically uh, um, being a change agent, right? You, I'm a go-giver. I closely oh, work good. with senior, yeah. Closely work with senior and executive leadership and C-suite folks today, right? And they always, uh, uh, I'm fortunate to be working with them. And we all have the same battle scars, right? Sure. So sure. you have to be uh, that change agent for them. Leadership, of course, that's hands down, right? You have to be motivated. I build top performing cross-cultural teams, investing in growth, 
of the team members, um, enhancing their roles. Uh, basically, that is the cornerstone in achieving extraordinary results from your team members. Yes. Um, navigate the market, right? You know, the market that we are in, the technology market, changes every month. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Not drastically, but it does change. Right? Mm-hmm. And so building in a high energy team, results oriented, uh, creating value added solutions, uh, building, uh, if you're working for a Capgemini, you have to build in that value added IP and accelerators that you can take quickly to the market and tell the customer that, hey, we have done this in the past and we have a few things in our arsenal that we can you know, move that needle much more for you. So those kind of things, uh, forging the key business relationship and partnership across the product portfolio, uh, you know, and at least get 25% uh, top line results, right? And then the other two that comes into my mind is persona, right? Balance and detail, be detail oriented and constantly have that learner mindset, right? For example, a couple of books that I read, which kind of helped me really in the last uh, two, three months was more of the originals from Adam Grant. Okay. Uh, Adam Grant is fantastic. Uh, I read about the whole Wobby Parker use case, how they became what they became. And uh, it's interesting that it opens up ideas, entrepreneurial, uh, you know. And, I'm going to uh, have to go find that book now. We'll need the title. Uh, the book. Yeah, we'll that link down there for everybody too, who's listening. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then the other one was uh, multipliers. This is like, if you have limited resources given to you, how do you have the multiplier effect? How do you scale it up? And this has been always a challenge in my career where I would have less budget to play with, uh, less team members and how to evolve them and take them to the next level. So that persona, as we talked about, you know, basically um, constant learner mindset, reading books. Uh, there are several uh, areas where you can literally go and uh, educate yourself quickly. Uh, LinkedIn has fantastic uh, learner series. Right? I've been going through some of those. Those are fun. Yeah, they're actually really well done. I was, I was very impressed. When they when they first came out, it was kind of like mm, pick up yeah. the basics, but now they're starting to come up with some intense. really good. Yeah, exactly. it's it's gotten a lot more intense. I'm I'm actually I'm actually on one of the learning paths now. Um, with not even in what I do, which is marketing. And I just because because I just want to understand things better. Um, so there you go, Michael. You have a constant learner mindset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some day, some days I wonder why I keep doing that to myself. But it's it's really, it's, how do I say this? Having the learner mindset to constantly improve self improves me for the next person, whether that's a colleague, a client, or a stranger. It doesn't matter. Uh, you mentioned the go giver um, mm-hmm. mentality. Uh, read that book when it first came out. I mean, everybody was going nuts over it anyway. I was like, okay, let's go read it. They say it's a short read. And, and that's probably one of the most impactful books I've read ever, mm-hmm. simply because it, it, if you think about it, most um, theologies uh, promote that, that kind of attitude. How do you help your fellow man? What can you do to help them improve? What can you do to inspire them to do better? Um, this is one of the reasons that I did Java Chat is because there are people like yourself and there are other guests that I've had. They want to go out and they want to help people. Yeah, there's business to be done. Okay. But their stories, their, their knowledge, their ethos mm-hmm. uh, is out there to help other people improve. And that's, that's really the, the point of, of being who we are as humans. You know, highlights and lowlights, we all have them. When we're able to stand there and literally give 
from a, from a smile to an actual to an actual piece of advice and change someone's whole perspective on a, on a day, a week, a month, a year. Um, like recently, one of my friends just kind of went through a, a rough emotional time. And literally all it was was, man, you know I love you. You're my best friend. You know also I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And he's like, that's the reason why I call you, because I know you won't. I'm like, all right, well, here it comes. Kapow. You know, and yeah, it, it brings out certain certain emotions. But at the same time, it keeps them clear, which is something that you have to do, both with your clients, your teams, and, and anybody else that's your colleagues. Um, this is what I'm hearing. It's, <clears throat> what's the term? It's imperative that we're this way. Mm -hmm. Constantly learning, constantly improving, constantly looking to see where we can serve others. Right. And then one big one is the, being a thought leader, right? Oh, yeah. In 25 years, you just don't wake up... Uh, you know, uh, and you become a thought leader. You have learned the trade, you know stuff, you keep abreast of the technology, uh, you go to the events, you do podcasts such as this, uh, you've been a storyteller, uh, improvise, a lot of communication, you know, leadership requires you to be very succinct with yeah. what you yeah. present and uh, be on, uh, on target with your presentation, uh, contribute in whichever way, writing white papers, uh, articles, um, I'm also contemplating writing a book now in the next nice. next year. Yeah, so that's uh, that's one. You'll need and to come back then, so we can talk about the book. That's going to matter. Uh, yeah, I mean it's still under covers, but uh, <laughs> definitely. So I have about ten plus publications in the last two years, right? Nice. And uh, I've been a panelist, as I mentioned, with the DevFest events. I'm also now part of the Dev Network, and then I got inducted into the Innovative Executive. Uh, league which is part of uh, chicago's leadership circle nice. on the technology side which all didn't happen overnight again mm -hmm. going back to our journey this is the ethos i talk about change agent being leader uh, thought leadership navigate the market and have uh, the personas around you <clears throat> so these are the five things if you do it right i think uh, everybody is a you know a leader in their own way but I think we can use this across multiple industries. I would absolutely agree. Um, I, had a, I had a thought run across my head as you were talking about this. Um, a lot of times when someone's just getting started in technology, mm -hmm. um, I've noticed there's a good portion of them that are somewhat socially awkward. And being thinking of how they're going to uh, advance from where they're at, because they're either an introvert or an extroverted introvert, makes it difficult for them to, to really shine in a manner that they're comfortable with. How do you help somebody like that um, to begin to see? You don't have to be, you don't have to be the, the entertainer of the world, mm -hmm. but you will need to evolve into something more because I'm sure when you first started as a sponge, you probably didn't talk much. Today, here you are coaching people, talking with other people, helping clients and, and explaining and storytelling what can you share with these younger ones? Because we do have a demographic between uh, 18 and 30 that do this, this as well. What can I'm, you tell them to help with that? my home, uh, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, uh, you know, some things you can, it's a textbook, some things it's built, inbuilt. So I think uh, I was fortunate that, uh, uh, you know, I came from a family of doctors. My dad's a heart surgeon, my mom's an anesthetic surgeon and, uh, um, so we, you know, they were, we have mixture of both traits, 
right? Introvert and extrovert, right? Depending upon how you call it. I mean, typically physicians are very subdued, yeah. right? <laughs> and yeah. and uh, coming from there, you had the the um, uh, the opposite effect, right? So, uh, and uh, I think maybe that, uh, that was the, that's what happened to me over time. Looking at my dad being very, he's uh, very one of the. Uh, I think he's one of the sharpest uh, uh, heart uh, surgeons in the world that I've uh, known nice. and I know of. And uh, he's still today. He teaches uh, and everything, but he's very. Uh, he has his own. He's mellowed. He has his own pace, and uh, and that's him. So with myself, uh, I think one of the things that um, I want to tell to the younger generation is um, participate, be aware of what's going on. Uh, use LinkedIn has many uh, facets to it. You can always participate in those groups, focus groups, yep. all your network. It's all about networking. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, be part of an organization, start writing things, read things, attend to these, uh, you know, panel discussions and all that. And that's how you will emulate that. Now, the other challenge is that's one aspect of positive behavior setting, right? The other one is the younger generation is also a challenge because they have social media in a different direction. The Facebook, the Instagram, the Pinterest, the Twitters and all that stuff. And, and you can use it whichever way you want, right? And that I think is great to an extent, but when it comes to the industry, when it comes to rubber hits the road and you got to get serious, you have to start working. Yep. You got to be the, you know, the, the big league. Yep. Then you need to focus on that LinkedIn aspects or something, anything else that is out there for yeah. us, right? Yeah. Twitter or write things out and share things which are going to be meaningful and where you can make positive impact, right? Yeah. And I think that is my two cents to the younger generation. But in technology side, you have cloud, you got AI, ML, you got data engineering, you got, uh, you know, uh, full stack development. There's several next gen technologies like Data Hub. Uh, you know, government is also doing several things around data, right? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> all that, there's plenty to do. Oh, Cybersecurity yeah. is huge. Oh, that's uh, insanely huge. Yep. yep. Well, when you mentioned Accenture, I was just kind of like, oh, you got to play with them, huh? Nice. Uh, they're, they're, one of, they're one of the, as of late, they've become one of the cybersecurity veins, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, you can literally get, you can literally get, um, DHS clearance through them now, uh, wow. which, which, yeah, I had no idea they were even playing in that space, but hey, you know, when you're big enough, eventually. But we were doing that already. I, my, my team and myself at Unisys back about five oh, yeah. after the Dell thing, we, uh, we had a cybersecurity team, which we were having a bigger, uh, you know, government contracts from IRS, yep. uh, Homeland Security. So, I mean, it was surprising when I joined the organization, I was like, I didn't know about, shoot, that many, all the people, goods coming into the country is all being monitored through the infrastructure and everything that is hosted by Unisys for the yeah. government. Yeah. So that was a cool uh, thing. And there was several security aspects that Unisys was already doing that. Yeah. It's about seven years ago. Yeah. Now I'm sure with all the breaches that we have had uh, with blockchain, you know, what's happening with the crypto, 
market, there's a lot of renewed focus on the security. And I think it's just going to get even bigger and bigger. Yeah. Oh, sure. That's, that's a, it's going to be a continuously expanding vertical, if you will. And, and it's, and it's going to diversify in a million different ways. I've, I've already, just knowing that, um, like there's, there's been a lot of chatter around MetaMask starting to do certain things um, that mm -hmm. a lot of their users said, hold on a second, you guys are supposed to be this, but you're starting to look like that. We're not cool with this. And it's like, who's the next one? I, the, the moment I see chatter like that, I'm already looking for who's going to come in with the next solution because that immediately presents a problem of we don't like, we want what we like. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to come out and go, I know what you like. And whoever that is is going to get insanely and rich. Then, and there were companies and there are companies that I've seen, have been uh, uh, affiliated with too, where we sit and we look at the wave and see the other guy ride it and then say, ah, the wave now is the new norm. Let's invest in that. And then what yeah. happens? You become a laggard yeah. and you're behind and pretty much uh, the early mover advantage is gone. So yeah. one of the things that I, as a, in, in whatever capacity I tell to my customers and my clients is jump on the technology. What is the risk of not going on and trying something new versus, ah. you know? <laughs> oh, I, I, I need you in my company, Jesus. <laughs> we, we, have a, we have a couple of new tools that uh, are AI based um, and, and they work provided you use them properly like anything else. But explaining the, the technology to somebody who's not a tech savvy person and how it can actually advantage them it gets tough because it sounds too good to be true in a lot of cases. I mean, especially with a lot of the new technologies coming out, people are looking at that going, nah, I can't do that. Well, here's some case mm -hmm. studies it did. <laughs> there it is. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where everybody gets a little frustrated because it's like the business owner wants to do something. Here's this great new thing sitting in front of them. They don't get it. And it's like, yeah, but you know, uh, coming off of COVID, you also understand. I mean, we're still, oh, yeah. we still, we yeah. still don't know if you're yeah. really off of COVID yet, right? Yeah, true. That, uh, it's uh, still that hundred-pound gorilla which is sitting behind us and uh, not sure <laughs> whether to come back again in front of us. So, uh, I mean, you know, um, it's what it is, right? But you have to look at the trend. The trend is in the last two years, a lot of these companies went on to the cloud, right? Yeah, they knew. Uh, data center is done. Uh, we have to invest on uh, cloud-based SaaS platforms yep. and uh, technology. And we've seen that. Now coming off the cloud or coming off the um, COVID, we are looking at, okay, let's dig deep. Okay, we invested in the right technology. Have we got the ROI from that investment? Yeah, yeah. Right? Have we generated that value? And that's what I, I try to do a bit unique. I want to bring mm -hmm. the transformation leadership, mm -hmm. right? whether it is being in innovating digital technologies from an end-to-end -end ecosystems, bringing in revolutionary ideas mm -hmm. uh, uh, are, are infused by artificial intelligence or, you know, uh, what do you call the uh, IoT, right? Yep, yep. So internet of uh, uh, things. And uh, how, how do you look at the omni-channel presence of the customer, right? whether you know, they have mobile applications, they're ending up using web and e-commerce solutions appropriately. How are they doing brand marketing, right? It's all about the brand, right? It's always and, been about the brand, yeah. It's always about the brand, right? And we now know today, if we have to buy anything for us, we just go to amazon.com and purchase it. <laughs> How many of us even take the liberties to go to Walmart nowadays? 
it's, it's very rare. The only place that I go that's associated with them is Sam's Club. And that's only because I like to buy food once a month and I don't have to go back again. <laughs> And what about places where we live, where there's no Sam's Club and we got Costco? So we go yeah, Costco. same same story. So you go to Costco. Yeah, we got we got them both out here. They like to they like to play their little competition game. Like one's literally about two miles away from the other, and I'm like, really, guys, this is this is where it's this is what it's come to. <laughs> You're competing just down the street from each other. It's like the old it's, it's like the old old days when it's two little stores would open up next to each other, both donut shops. <laughs> I know, Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So the, the so basically, you know, thought leadership, staff inspiration, trying to get mentor the team and the people, organizational growth, um, uh, change management, uh, being very transparent with the communication with teams, which is going to be a little challenging these days, right? Yeah, but you have to do yeah. if you were to be the right mentor and the thing that you have to be, you know, always talking the truth, right? and, and uh, be able to articulate business value and optimize the processes along the way. And that's what I call value generation. And that's what I would like to continue building upon for my customers till I hang the hat. <laughs> there you go. Well, and I'm sure you got quite a few more years left in you. I know I do. Guys, we're gonna take one more 30 second break. When we come back, uh, we can chat a little bit more about uh, what Asmuth is up to, what he's after and what he, uh, well, you know, maybe how he can help you. So we'll be back in 30. Hey guys, back here, Coffee with Mike, sitting with Asmath Pasha, talking about, uh, well, actually we've been talking about a lot of things, uh, innovation, leadership, things of that nature. Um, and at this point, um, we like to kind of give the floor to our guests and let them talk about what's what's next. You know, where, where's he going now? What's his aspirations? Where Where's he plan on going? So um, what's next for Asmath? Oh, a great question. Uh, <laughs> so um, I've had a great uh, journey as we talked about in our first section. Absolutely. Coming up 26 years now, I've had a fairly good share of success in many of my roles. And um, uh, most recently I was with Wipro, Capgemini and Paradigm, right? And it is a leadership uh, in uh, evolution by itself. And, um, and also along the way, I've been affiliated with uh, Forbes Technology Council, I, th I thank them heavily for, you know, giving me this platform, you know, to, to reach out to several of our customers and all that stuff and in networking. Then uh, the Dev Network, the Innovative Executive League, the Positive Planet and all that is just adding on to the, the, the thought leadership. Sure, sure. And the experience from these companies and the thought leadership. So what's next is basically I'm... Uh, I'm eyeing on more of that CTO advisory, right? Uh, yep. uh, things, and I want to continue doing that, right? Um, if, if you can call it consulting services, but I think from a technology affiliation standpoint, I've done it all. I could do cloud and, you know, I could do data estate modernization and cloud. I could do data migration from on-prem to uh, cloud systems. I could do advanced analytics, whether it is AI-driven self-service analytics infused by top-notch technologies like ThoughtSpot. Mm -hmm. uh, also, recently, I got a podcast out and a white paper on data mesh, right? So, which is a okay. new technology where you're... Yeah, I've never heard of this before. So, yeah, yeah. it's new. Um, something to uh, read about. And it's uh, interesting what's happening with our uh, on the data side where everything is getting decentralized towards the domain and, uh, and making more data as a productized thing for the businesses. That's cool. So, all that is there. 
Um, so I, I think I will continue on and, uh, you know, I will be, uh, you know, the journey, I'm not sure a year from now what it will be like, but uh, I'm excited. 2022 is uh, going to be uh, the year of the tiger, you know, uh, given where we were 2020, 2021, uh, and, uh, and uh, 2022 is a lot of uh, folks are looking at investing back in the businesses. And I definitely want to be out there and uh, help businesses grow, several of our customers as well. That's going to be, um, that's a real interesting, uh, you kind of had a, you kind of had a thought in the middle of your, of your, your speech there. Uh, I think I will do this. And it's like, it's, it's interesting to watch someone talk through their process and mm -hmm. see, and see what happens as that's, as it goes. Cause like, and, it, and it's, it's happened before, even here, you know, somebody else there go, I never thought about it that way. Or, you know, I think this probably works better. Uh, it's nice to have stuff like that happen live. Uh, oh, what are some of the, when you're talking about the things that you can do, what are some of the favorites that you like to deal with? Like when it comes to technology, who are some of the clients that are some of the, I guess, best success stories that you've had that you enjoyed? So um, success stories, I had many, right? Sure, yeah. And for a right to be politically right, you also have to make sure failure is also a very important part of your journey. It's always a part of it. Absolutely. You fail, but you basically put all the lessons learned, take those battle scars and make it much more successful. Now, since you're asking me on the success part, uh, why I was just touching on a little bit on the failure side is there were situations where things didn't go right on uh -huh. for customers. Sure. Um, for, for example, uh, back in the days as uh, at Computer Science Corporation, we were trying hard to get and crack the nut with one large customer, which was Kaiser Permanente based of California. Oh yeah. I yeah. And uh, it was very hard to penetrate the account. And um, they tried for about, you know, two years and they put me, I had a very good track record on the delivery side back in those days when I was doing more delivery management work. Sure. I'm talking about 2008, 2009 time frame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, they put me up and I became the engagement partner for Kaiser. And within a month, I got a letter of engagement uh, and a letter of intent as well to staff up the team with 11 resources in India and start doing work on replacing their, I believe um, they had the old Oracle systems to make us in, right? Yeah. Yeah, when there's a lot of data movement with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that, I got that, and that was like uh, one of the true success uh, uh, engagements that I saw the value and me shining as a leader. You know, after being at that time eleven years in the industry. Nice. Well, they, what do you think attributed to that? Do you think that was basic experience, or was it one of those deals where you made the right? Well, obviously, I had to make the right connection, but what what drove that? What what made that happen? It is sharpening the spear, uh, my friend. It's all about understanding what the customer pulse is. I think I have that innate capability that I can understand the customer immediately. I can piece a solution for them, right? And listening to them and understanding their use case, right? And I think that was the failure on our competition part 
<laughs> and that was an uh, that was an opportunity to seize. Competition had about 300, 400 resources working, whereas we had just a handful of people. And that was the moment to seize. And then you build that trusted relationship. Till today, I have uh, good friends with the person who, you know, who the customer at uh, Kaiser, but he's no longer at Kaiser, but uh, he's doing a lot. You can't growth. get away from those relationships. When you make that kind of connection, you're always with them. Right? Uh, that's, that's, just, that's just part of the, That's part of life, which is, which is really cool because now you have another resource. You have another connection. It doesn't matter where they go. You mm -hmm. can always come back to them and go, hey, man, I ran into this issue maybe you have some perspective on it and believe it or not uh, michael uh from kaiser about almost uh, a dozen times over the last 11 years people have been calling me to come and fix something or other for them <laughs> that's it's just that i cannot do it because it's far away from me <laughs> sure but it, the, the mere fact that they still reach out to you that leave, when you leave that kind of lasting impression it's super valuable as you can see um Something else triggered in my head. I'm trying to remember what I was going to ask you. It is what it is. Maybe it just wasn't that important. As you mentioned on the failures, successes and failures, you've had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now? Uh, my biggest challenge is it's, uh, you know, you're at a pedestal where it's hard to say no. <laughs> Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> um, and you get caught between a rock and a, you know, and a hard place where you have your team that truly believes in you, trusts you, they join, and they put your career as their career aspirations on you, right? Yeah. Because you are a leader and you do that. And I've done, I think, based on all the reviews and the number of connections and everything I've built for the, with the teams that I've worked with, uh, I scored an A plus there. Sweet. Where the challenge comes in is like, you know, when the organization change happens, mm. right? And being that um, buffer. Okay? Yeah. And hardly, and not having the ability to say no or maybe <laughs> to someone because you're so in, uh, involved with the team and their collective growth and I mean, results are always phenomenal. Oh, sure. I have taken organizations from basically being, uh, you know, uh, Mayfair to a modern day Singapore. Okay. Wow. <laughs> right. That's so huge. I have done that. But the, that, that is the thing. I think it is the space that we are in. As leaders, we have to grow. And uh, I always tell my team members is not to be afraid of failing. Right. And yeah, because if you don't fail or if you don't fail trying, you'll never know what the other side looks like. Yeah, right? that's true. So, so that's, I, I'm still experimenting that after 25 years. Uh, and I'm thinking I'm getting better at it. But, you know, you're at that pedestal where if you're as a thought leader and as being in, a, you know, all these uh, uh, board advisory and all that stuff is, is saying hard, you know, saying the things like, hey, I'll... I don't think this will work for you. I'd rather say, why don't we try it and, and see if we could do a quick POC on something else. Yeah. Nice way to deflect the fact and say a blunt no. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you, guys, you just got it. It's not always the easiest, but you're right. Uh, well, our time has, unfortunately, we're right there. Mm -hmm. You've heard me say that before. 
And it's been an excellent experience sitting down with the Asmuth. I, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out, sharing your story, sharing your insights, your perspective, um, your inspirations. They, they, I'm sure somebody that heard this one today is going to be able to walk away going, that was cool. And that's, that's really what I aim to do here. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Awesome. Guys, if you're watching, make sure you hit the subscribe button down there. Make sure you hit that bell next to it. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Hit the bell. That tells you when next when our next awesome guest like Asmith gets to come on to uh, our YouTube channel. If you're listening on any of the podcasts, make sure that you are subscribing or downloading. Do me a favor. Leave us a review. You know, tell us what you think. Tell us who else we ought to interview. Tell us, you know, if there's if there's some other subject matter you want us to talk about. This is, after all, Java Chat. We get to hang out with cool people and chat about just about anything. So um, we really appreciate the fact that you guys make the time and take the time to come and listen. This is one of the longest signups I've ever heard of. I don't know why it takes so long to get through this. <laughs> we, we really appreciate you guys doing that. Please make sure that you share this with someone as well. Send the link to somebody. Somebody out there in, in the technology room is going to hear this and go, that was cool. I got something out of it. Don't forget the, the links for his social, for his, for the books that he's talked about. They'll all be down there in the comments. Um, and, you know, find him on LinkedIn. That's where we found him. You know, get in there, get networking. Do the things that are necessary to get you a network that can build you as well as your career. There's plenty of killer people out there just like asthma. Uh, and, and not everybody's gonna be in your field. You're gonna find some other people in other fields that also inspire you. So get out there, go get it done. Till next time, for myself, Coffee with Mike and Asma Pasha. Ciao for now. Thank you. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.